We once thought our solar system was normal, average. How wrong we were. How varied the planetary systems are out there. It turns out the migration of planets played a huge role in the solar system we see today. In 1995, astronomers found the first ever planet orbiting another main sequence star. The star was 51 Pegasi, and the planet was like nothing astronomers had ever expected to see. It has more than the mass of Jupiter, but orbits its star every four days. Even Mercury in our own solar system needs 88 days to orbit once around the Sun. But four days? That's just crazy. As astronomers continue to search the skies, more and more of these massive planets orbiting the stars so closely turned up. A few decades after their first discovery, we now know of dozens of these hot Jupiters. Not in every system, but it does appear that about 1.2% of stars have hot Jupiters orbiting around them. The problem is that hot Jupiters shouldn't exist. Old models of planetary formation based on our solar system say that you should get rocky worlds close to the star, gas planets in the middle, and ice worlds farther out. The blasts of radiation from a newly forming star should have cleared out excess material from the inner orbits, stopping the formation of those bigger worlds. The only way to explain this situation is if the planets formed farther out and then shifted around. Planetary migration. Welcome to a two-part episode I'm doing with science fiction author John Michael Godier. If you haven't yet, you've got to check out his channel. Lots of great space science news and futurism. And in this episode, I'm going to be tackling the science and history of planetary migration. And in his video, John's going to be looking forward into the future of planetary migration in our solar system and how we could move the planets around on our own. Super cool. I'll put a link to his episode in the show notes and the playlist at the end of this episode. All right, let's get into it. Decades ago, astronomers assumed that the planets in the solar system formed in their current locations. The first gas giant is Jupiter with 318 times the mass of the Earth, orbiting the Sun 5.2 astronomical units, or 5.2 times the average distance from the Earth to the Sun. Then comes Saturn with about 95 times the mass of the Earth, orbiting the Sun at 9.6 AU. Then Uranus with 14.5 Earth masses, orbiting at 19.2 AU. And finally Neptune, with 17.1 times the mass of the Earth, orbiting at 30.1 AU. This original theory of solar system formation couldn't explain what astronomers were seeing in reality. There shouldn't have been enough material to form Uranus and Neptune so far out from the Sun. Furthermore, why is Neptune more massive than Uranus? That's pretty strange. The most commonly held theory about planetary migration is known as the Nice model, named after an observatory in the French city. An international group of scientists wrote up a series of papers that explain the configuration of the solar system as it looks today. According to the researchers, billions of years ago, shortly after the solar system formed, the giant planets Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were gathered together into a much more compact formation. Jupiter was located about 5.5 astronomical units away from the Sun. Uranus was the outermost planet located about 17 AUs from the Sun. All the gas planets were clustered together, orbiting the Sun in almost perfectly circular orbits. Beyond Neptune was a disk of rock and ice extending out to about 35 AUs from the Sun. And today, 
we see something quite different. The planets don't follow circular orbits. They're more elliptical, orbiting with a much greater gap between them. Uranus was rolled over onto its side. Neptune has a moon that orbits in the opposite direction from every other large moon in the solar system. Mayhem. The underlying mechanism came from the transfer of momentum. Imagine a solar system with just a single planet going around the sun, embedded within a cloud of comets. As the planet kicks the comets outward, it spirals inward to compensate. But our solar system is complex with multiple giant planets that would have interacted with each other in addition to the disk of comets. Jupiter started at 5.5 AUs and drifted a little inwards. Uranus and Neptune drifted outward and switched places. And this is why Neptune is more massive than Uranus, even though it's farther from the sun. In fact, it's believed that Neptune pushed outward to its current location in just 10 million years. For the discovery of that first extrasolar planet, we only had a single example of a planetary system to try and make sense of what could have happened. Now, astronomers have thousands of examples. The discovery of all these extrasolar planets give astronomers a vast array of worlds to run sophisticated computer simulations. Based on their observations and simulations, astronomers have developed three kinds of migration that can occur in a planetary system. The first, known as type one, is gas-driven. And in the early solar system, the planets orbited within a disk of gas and dust. As they traveled around, gas bunched up into regions of higher density, and the gravity of these regions caused planets to gain or lose angular momentum, pushing them closer or farther from the star. Larger gas giants like Jupiter cleared out these regions pretty quickly, which leads to type two. This happens when a planet has cleared out the gas in its disk. Now, the mass of the planet itself exerts a torque on the gas around it, pulling it into the open gap in the disk. And once again, this causes the planet to lose momentum, making it spiral inward. And this is thought to explain why planets like hot Jupiters can get so close to their parent stars. Sometimes this process can get out of control, leading to type three migration, where other material enters the gap, causing a runaway migration inward. In just a few dozen orbits, the planet can be pulled significantly inward. In a moment, we're gonna talk about a strange migration that might have happened out there. But first, I'd like to thank Rohan Thomas, Super Cyan Fife, Gary Denise, and the rest of our 803 patrons for their generous support. If you love what we're doing, you wanna get in on the action, head over to patreon.com slash universe today. One of the most fascinating systems out there is Kepler-223, one of the thousands of systems discovered by NASA's Kepler Space Telescope, and it gives astronomers tantalizing clues about what could have happened here in the solar system. We know of four large planets in the Kepler-223 system, all of which orbit very close to their star. The closest world takes just seven days to complete a year, while the most distant one takes 19 days the planets themselves are medium-sized worlds larger than a terrestrial planet like Earth, but smaller than a gas giant like Neptune. We don't have them in the solar system, but they seem to be very common across the Milky Way. What makes them unusual is that all four planets are in resonance, orbiting in lockstep with each other, similar to the orbits of Jupiter's moons. For every orbit that Ganymede completes, Europa goes around Jupiter twice, and Io, goes around four times. 
they've settled into their ideal gravitational dance. Astronomers think that these worlds were the perfect example of planetary migration. The first planet migrated through the disk of solar material and then got stuck. A second planet did the same, reached an orbital resonance and got stuck as well. Same with the third, etc. In our own solar system, the process was much more violent, with objects smashing into each other, preventing this kind of resonance. Even interactions with comets and asteroids would block this resonance and allow the giant planets in the solar system to keep shifting farther and farther outward. Planetary migration seems to play a pivotal role in the formation of the various types of solar systems we see across the Milky Way. Is the migration smooth and stable, leading to close-in planets in lockstep resonance like Kepler-223? Or is it messy and chaotic, like what happened here in the solar system's early history? As we discover new planetary systems out there in the Milky Way, we'll see a wider range of variations and better understand how our own solar system came to be. I really enjoy thinking about all the exotic worlds out there in the Milky Way. Do you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to investigate about extrasolar planets? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Time for a playlist. Obviously, the first thing you're going to want to do is check out my collaborator, John Michael Godier's video about the future of planetary migration here in the solar system and how we could do it on our own. Like, if you like Isaac Arthur, you're going to love John Michael Godier's videos. Then, an older episode of Astronomy Cast where we talk about planetary migration. Fraser, without a beard. A presentation from Rebecca Dawson to the SETI Institute, a talk from Dr. Renu Mahotra about what the Search for Planet 9 says about planetary migration. And finally, a video from Cold Fusion about how astronomers find exoplanets. And that starts right now. Fraser, without a beard. Fraser, without a beard, blah!